0: Welcome to FEO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil.
1: On this edition of FEO on the Air, we're at our FIO conference in Hamilton, and I've got three people with me that we're going to talk risk management. Joining us is Peter Ashwin, uh, Dolores Macadam, our FIO board president, and Eric Davidson, one of our newest board members. Thanks for joining us. Um, Peter, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah, thanks, Dave. This is uh, Peter Ashland from Event Risk Management Solutions. Um, I work with festivals and events here across the North America and internationally, primarily helping uh, look at their organizational resilience strategies and on the event security side and bringing those two pieces together to protect value and seek, um, pursue opportunities and let folks who are innovative and creative get on what, what they do without worrying about things that keep them up at night. And Dolores, uh,
1: uh, what's your day-to-day role?
3: Thanks, Dave. So my day-to-day role is, one, as President of Festival Events Ontario, as you mentioned. Uh, I work for the City of Ottawa. I've been involved in events for the last 15 years. Um, and I also am a, uh, a teacher at the International Event Management School.
1: And Eric,
0: what do you do 9 to 5 Monday to, to Friday? 9 to 5, uh, insurance broker, um, specializing in sports and events, and uh, partnered with FIO on this and sitting on their board. So actually, risk is a concern to you, just like it is to all of us. So Absolutely. At Absolutely. At
1: so Peter, you, were, you joined us for a one-day session. Um, how did that go? I, uh, you know, I said at our, at our session today that we had, which is a one-hour compacted session, um, with everything risk management has in it, compacting it to eight hours to me is, how do you do that? <laughs> but then compact it down to one hour, and how do you do that? <laughs> Maybe just talk a little bit about the process and maybe it's the unpacking risk the management, one hour. how do you do that <laughs> yeah, you do that yeah it's
2: a good question dave it's um it is always a challenge because uh it's a lot of information to present and quite often it's new content but uh, i always say it's uh it's ad hoc ad hoc versus embedded like folks are doing it now you're doing things but it's adding structure to that process and how to track it and make sure you know we're applying resources and time and experience against the right things um uh, over eight hours or you know the day of the workshop itself it allows you to explore some of the case studies and go in a bit more depth whereas today was just giving a broad exposure and everyone says they have a risk management plan they might go back and think, hmm maybe i don't really have that risk management plan i thought i had around that
1: yeah the other thing important i thought is you know you talk about it's not just guns fire and guns, exactly. knives and bombs. Guns, exactly. <laughs> uh, or insurance. You're a very yeah. important part of it though, Eric. There's yeah. so much more to it, isn't there? And, and it's and yeah. it's almost thinking of the the process and when you get really down to it, it's you could keep going and going and going because what if you something happens to your first plan? What's your secondary plan? What if something happens to that, and, you know, and depending on what the structure is and and what needs to be managed, it's a, yeah. you know, It's an ongoing living, breathing document. It is, and I think
2: that's really important to mention about that. It's dynamic. So when we look at risk and measure it, it is dynamic of that day, and it will change over time, either trend up or trend down. And I think also, Dave, it allows you, if you have a a structured process, it allows you to prioritize because we can't do everything. So we need to identify those things that either allow us to pursue opportunity and take risk-based decisions around that, or protect our value, your mission, your values and objectives. What do we need to support the organization and the things that they bring to the community? And that's that's what I like about it. And I think it's changed. We're moving away from this traditional siloed model now, now into this enterprise risk-wide, enterprise risk management. And that's, you know, what's coming out through um, through businesses which are catching
1: up with that as well. And, and Eric, the whole concept of risk management and insurance and, and, and you know, I... I I talk a little bit about accredited product, and, and that in and of itself then adds to your risk, because yes. what is the accreditation process? Who has done it? That's right. Uh, how, how does the insurance sector look at it?
0: So the insurance, so the insurance policy itself and what it covers, you've got to think of it as a pie. The actual insurance policy, as a risk management standpoint, is a very small, thin slice of that pie. Everything else that you do behind the scenes... Um, whether it's uh, training your employees and things like that, that's where your real risk management happens. If in the event that those processes don't work or there's, there's a, a hiccup or something like that, that's where you want your insurance policy to be there to pick it up. Um, that's more or less in a nutshell, how you kind of got to look at risk management as a whole for the entire event.
1: And when you're dealing with an event... What's your interaction with some people that have gone through a process like this? Does that help their policies? Does it help their rates?
0: Yes. Usually if you have a standard, or not a standard, an actual risk management plan in place and the insurance company sees that, obviously they're going to give you better rates in the long run, um, knowing that there's a less of a chance of having a claim coming through on those higher exposure uh, opportunities.
2: And I think, Dave, uh, what... Eric and the Adventure doing is quite unique from my experience because talking to other insurance um, companies on both sides of the border is more about well if you do this then your policy isn't going to go up as opposed to incentivizing folks by if you're doing these great products of reducing exposure we're going to reward you for that so I I think that's a great benefit that yep. Eric's team and um,
1: brings to you. So Dolores from the event world, you know, what what does the city of Ottawa? What do they have in place, and how long have they had a risk management. And I'm sure it's part of a city-wide structure, but it's probably each division has their own section of it.
3: That's correct. So at the City of Ottawa, they have what is called SEAT, which is a special event advisory team. So typically what would happen if an event came in for a new application or a large, depending on the size of the event. Uh, The nice thing that Ottawa does, I would say, compared to some other cities, is they actually bring all the stakeholders together to meet with the organizers. Some other places they'll... The city staff will take you know, 20 applications and review them and then farm them out to police, fire, paramedics and whatever. We don't do it that way. In, in Ottawa, what's being done is the organizer comes in, meets directly with all of the stakeholders, the government stakeholders. And you're right, uh, police have their own risk management plan, as do paramedics. Um, and for us, as the, the bureaucrats, so to speak, at the city, so uh, there, we look at what do you say at the inquest, right? I mean, if we can sign off on an event knowing if something happens, we can go to an inquest and not be liable. Yeah. Then they get a permit. So that's yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's the other part of the equation. And in in previous lives as managing the risk management plan, you know, at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to be in jail if you're the E. D. or the C. E. O. That's right. Potentially, in worst case scenarios you yep. w- never want that to happen but uh that's how dire some of this stuff is to not only good management but it's it's thinking forward and yeah i think um they talk about it uh leadership
2: guilt to dave because you don't want to be position after you know a tragic event uh, what could have done better there i knew i could, you know, i thought about that and i thought i could get to it but i never did and i think this is why it's helping folks to become risk aware and, and putting the right time and, and, and supporting them too, making sure they have the right processes when these things do happen and the legal liability and uh, the legal lawsuits come through that they can demonstrate, you know, we've got some best practices in place, we've taken all reasonable steps and to prevent these things happening and this is how this is our document how we did it.
1: Yeah, and you were talking about the different risk factors and and weather being one of them. And and I know we shared a story of an event that happened in Kitchener that was canceled due to weather. And I was talking to some of the organizers, and I said, that that must have been a tough decision because they had Eric Church in his his bus waiting to go on (laughs) stage when uh, a weather alert came through. And they said, no, it wasn't a big issue for us because our insurance policy made it quite clear that at a warning you do this, at a watch you do this and when it becomes a bad you cancel it and there's no yeah. secondary thing around it. Now the fortunate thing that happened in that circumstance was the promoter refunded money yeah. which to me is almost unheard of in in the concert world or the event world but you know there, there's a, a, a group that had that whole risk management plan in place and it made them simple when they were faced up against the disaster because the protocols told them exactly what they were going to do and their insurance policy yeah. more importantly probably told them exactly what they were going to do and why they were going to do it and i think that's a really great example of a
2: case study that you know folks understand what they need to do when and they have we have financial resilience through the insurance so if we need to cancel and then having a decision matrix or what i call a critical decision matrix by time we need to do this then and then talk through, do tabletop exercises, and they're going to make them far more resilient as an organization to make the right decision at the right time.
3: Uh, to, to Peter's point, uh, tabletop exercises, they're, it's a great tool. I mean we've done many of them for, for new events, and because event organizers typically are coming in full of passion. And when you talk to them about risk management, you know they think now you want to rain on their parade, so to speak, right? Um, but to what Peter was talking about this morning is risk man- it's essential. And it, and it is, it's all about liability, and it's, and the other thing that, you know, even, it's not just training the staff, it's the volunteers. Correct. And correct. How, do they, how they should be trained, right? Some areas don't. I was saying to Peter this morning that I remember one group talking to us saying, we asked if they had a risk management plan in place, and the comment back was, yeah, we hired, we hired a weather service. Well... You know, it's just, it's how they define it. Um, so I'm thrilled that Peter is now taking the stage on this to go through to say it's that's not what it's about. It's yeah. part of it, but it's not all of it.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of it is when you hear risk management processes or procedures, it doesn't have to be super complex. It doesn't have to be, a you know, a two-inch binder of this is what happens, and you got to do this. If it's very, it, you can simplify it, and it all depends on the size of the event as well. The larger it is, the more things that can go wrong, but sometimes on the smaller ones... Just very simple ABC steps that if something happens, then you know what the next step is going to be, and that huge, huge difference. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. So it, it really follows any good planning process, right? Like I mean, absolutely.
1: I, I often the first thing <laughs> I'll do as I'm planning an event is what could go wrong. Yeah, and if that went wrong, what is our plan? And and what's our backup plan? And because when you're in this situation of something happening. You don't want to be scrambling with, oh, my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to write this? You want to have a firm What was idea. that plan again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's got the plan? Yeah. Yeah. Who owns it? in an email somewhere? Yeah. 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 And you want to have a backup to the, Like To me, I'm always three deep. I like to go three deep, that I've got three situations. One of them is going to work. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully.
2: Yeah, that's very true, Dave. And I think that it's, uh, you, know, you know, following up on what Eric said is it doesn't have to be complex and that's the whole reason not it's not a process that it can be that way. But if you have a document understand how your controls reduce the risk and what's in place and who owns them, you're gonna be in a better place. But just having some templates, some
1: matrix around that as a start point if you have nothing else. Besides some other plants, which is a great reason why you're here with us and with dolores and your connections and uh, and, and you know from the board's perspective it's important for all of us at FEO to help our festivals understand the importance of risk management uh, I'm from the municipalities i'm sure they're appreciative of it of it and and you're right it's sort of pr- providing those few tools that at least they can start the process and continually build and we make sure it's part of our plan, that it's always part of the conference in front of mind, and those tools are available on our site to to make that happen. Yeah. And, uh, and I think uh, as a leader in the industry, all of us have a
2: responsibility to give back into that industry, and I was very committed after being overseas, working international events for 15 years, that what can I do to help from grassroots eclectic, these small little burning-esque type um, festivals, to do the larger ones? What What tools can we make them do the things they do well and keep them in business, which is important to our communities.
1: Were there any eye-openers at the uh, session yesterday with anything you heard that was good, bad, or indifferent? I don't want to point fingers at <laughs> organizations, but any shocks for you coming into, because you had a pretty senior group in there. I, yeah. mean, I saw some people with guns on their <coughs> hips. <laughs> Indeed, well we always like a you know a good
2: mix, and I think there's a great mix between the city, so again as, as Dolores was speaking about and as I can, and we chat about the city perspective because festivals bring different risks to resourcing how they support um those festivals and what they're trying to do, and then having the police because police are a very important part of it, and understanding their role as and also the event organizers it's still um I've been doing some surveys lately and I'm finding that. There's a very high percentage of people who do evacuations, mainly around severe weather. And then the second question I ask is, when was the last time you did some drills around evacuation? And some are better than others, but it's, if it's the most likely scenario that you're going to face on a venue or festival site, then you really need to be doing something about it because it's linked to many things, whether it's a suspicious package, severe weather, um, an armed threat,
1: you need to be able to do some things very very well how far how far out is that truss going to fall and how how far is that guide wire going to snap or you know. it's
0: yeah it's also the masses of people trying to get through a small door <laughs> that's yeah. where the damage is and happening.
1: in a lot of respects there a large group of people yeah. that are one of two things they're pissed off that something's happening and yep. they're having to leave or they're scared because yep. something's happening that they don't know how to react to and and in you know i think of the little las vegas shooting and like how people keep their composure in that type of situation and and you know in a lot of respects what a sad situation that we have to sit around tables now looking three or four buildings over Mm -hmm. is there a possibility that would happen again yeah one of
2: the things um so we're out of uh The Calgary Stampede team and they've got a great group working around the gate operations and talking about guest experience and the key for them is firstly safe fun and efficient and I think well that's That's a great way to talk about a guest experience because we're going to do risk management making sure we're keeping them safe we're looking at uh, from a programming what you do to make it fun which all those creative innovative people which I'm not and then of course efficient which is process making sure if you have to do things like security screen, how can it be efficient so they go in and have the fun time? And, uh, it's, uh, and maybe you've thought about it, that's a really good way of context around that experience. And, and that's what all of us do is, from insurance as well as uh, guest experience. How can we make that
1: guest experience and support mm-hmm. those who deliver that, that fun stuff? That's one of the best examples I've heard because at Oktoberfest we used to talk to our security teams about we understand that you have a job to do but you can do it in a little bit friendlier fashion. We know when you have to evict somebody from the building that doesn't want to be evicted, that yeah. you have to put on a different mm-hmm. face. But that face doesn't have to be present the whole event. Yeah. And, and in a lot of times um, when we're hiring our security companies, and I think a lot of our events around the province that do it, a lot of times coming into your venue or leaving your venue, those are the two people that you, you first curious. encounter security. And first you last encounter. Yeah. Yeah. So your first experience and your last experience yeah. start with security. Yeah, yeah, it's very valuable. And I was just thinking
2: back to the experience we had in um, Azerbaijan for the Baku 2015 European Games and working with the Azerbaijani government security agencies. And like they weren't exactly friendly to start off with. But by the end of the 12 months, a bit like the model you know, during Vancouver, hello, bonjour, they were going, salam, hello. To the guests, and it was like this shift around that... And I think that's a really important message from an organizer uh, with their security partners, whether it's um, police or private security, is you know, making sure you get down to the boots-on-the-ground level and say, this is really important yeah. to us you know, from a guest-level yeah. experience, because sometimes you talk manager to manager, but it doesn't filter all the way down. So if you want this level of service and guest experience, you need to get down there and invest in with these folks and make them feel part of your team.
1: Anything anybody else wants to add to the conversation? I think, uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming up, Peter, and sharing your expertise, Eric and Dolores. Um, You know, it is top of mind for us at FIO, uh, and we will continue to work on it and and make those things available for our members. So uh, uh, on behalf of all of us uh, at the the office and in the organization, thank you very much for coming to Dolores and Eric. Thanks for joining us. Uh, As always, uh, if you've got anything you want to talk about or if you want to us to talk about and get information for you get in touch with with us at the uh, the office we've got the ability to pack up and come to you you can come to us we can hook you in by phone so if you've got something you want to talk about
0: let us know thanks for listening to Feo on the air the voice of festivals and events in ontario